Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd. On Score North and ScoreNorth.com. I don't know. If, uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to let Kirk answer that, but I can tell you that his teammates were very, very excited uh, when he received the final game ball in the locker room and broke us down. Um, you can just feel what this guy means to his teammates, this organization, um, and, and, and as a first-year coach here, to have him as our quarterback, um, I feel very confident and, and feel lucky to have Kirk as our guy because. Um, he's playing at a really high level and overcoming some circumstances that, uh, quite honestly, uh, we're learning a lot about him, and, and I feel great about where he's at right now. You like that? You like that? Yes, we did. We did have a you like that moment in the locker room, and we will we will have that uh, in our archives going forward. But uh, old Kirky boy got his revenge after five years on the team that refused to give him don't mess with a man's money. Don't bleep around. You're going to find out. That's what uh, happened to the Commanders yesterday, boys. I think the Commanders are probably um, uh, dealing with far more problems than the memory of Kirk since since Daniel Snyder uh, pretty much is going to be forced to sell because he is a, how can I put this nicely, scumbag of a human being. Yes. Good. Get him out of here. I'm sure there's some he other owners that are scumbags too, but he's the, the scummiest of them oh, all. Scumbags. Uh, this yeah. is Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota sports entertainment therapy speculation. And uh, if you want the, the full breakdown, <clears throat> excuse me, from right after that game ended, there's an hour, hour and a half episode of Vikings Vent Line from first round inside Mall of America with a raucous, I would say, uh, crowd that was no longer thirsty after that game was over, having drank so many surly uh, products. It was it was a good time. Had smart my own. people is what I I saw. <laughs> yes. Very smart people. They were parched. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome meeting so many people. Uh, so that was yes, that was that was amazing. And you can you can find all kinds of Vikings content on the Purple Daily feed. But we've got statements here on this Monday. We'll start with. Can I start actually? Sure. Because we we did a little. Wait, break. hold on, hold on. I'm getting. Okay, yeah, you can. Okay, I was just listening in for the signal for the play. Yeah, ball. yeah. Okay. You, Yep, yep, you can start. So there's so many things to get into. We got into this a little bit at the end of Purple Daily. My first statement is Kevin O'Connell's end game strategy was brilliant yesterday. So I pulled up the game log here just to just kind of verify like what exactly was the situation. So the commanders had the game is tied. The commanders had one timeout left. And this was just so the two minute warning happens, and now it is a uh, it is a third down. Let me see here. Uh, actually, we had that whole situation where the Greg Joseph field goal was nullified. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So or the he, or he um, there was a a field goal that was good that would have put the Vikings ahead, and then you had a penalty on Washington for unnecessary roughness. You can't mess with the center on you know, a field goal or an extra point. And so now, now it's a minute 52. It's first and goal at the two. Washington has one timeout. So that, I forgot about that whole penalty situation because that was a big deal. And now you have two options. You can just punch the ball in. You can score a touchdown and go up, let's say, uh, 24 to seven if you miss the extra point. Washington, or maybe you do it after the, maybe you make them call their final timeout by just taking a knee or running Dalvin into the line scrimmage. Now they call timeout with a minute 48, and now your decision is, do you score a touchdown, which they'll let you because they want the ball back, or 
do you do what Kevin O'Connell did, which is bleed the clock all the way down to like 15 seconds or 12 seconds or whatever it was, kick a field goal, and then kick off through the back of the end zones. Now they are down by three, but there's only 12 seconds left and no timeouts starting at the 25-yard line. I know people, because we heard from a lot of fans inside that bar that were like, what the hell are they doing? Why is Delvin Cook just laying down? Score a touchdown. Trust your defense. I trust my defense more with 12 seconds to not give up a field goal from 75 yards away from the goal line, no timeouts, than I do with a minute 50 and and time to operate or penalties or any number of chaotic things that could happen. So I just thought a lot of people were kind of scratching their heads. What is he doing? I'm not sure about this. It was freaking genius for for my money anyways. Love it. I agree completely, and it was it was a play where I, I think part of our problem is this. We're not used to coaches doing things like that because it seems like, well, why wouldn't you score the touchdown? I mean, that's very odd, but th- this is why you hire O'Connell, and probably just as importantly, why O'Connell brings a game philosophy coach with him who yeah. probably helps in such decisions, yes. right? What should we to do? Say, should we score a touchdown yeah. or should we milk it? Milk it. I mean, Here's like, why. No, no. Exactly. But, I mean, this is what... Phil, we, we talked about this on the old show probably from near the time that we started, which is why don't you have a game coach, a game philosophy guy by you? Yeah. Because it never makes sense. I mean, these are million-dollar decisions, right? And you're like, oh, I'm doing 10 things at once, but, uh, yeah, go, go ahead and score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So, yes, this is, this is how it's supposed to work. Even if it had been flawed, if Joseph had missed, I still think the idea – was exactly right. And that's the most important thing is when push comes to shove in a big game, are you going to freak out and do something that you shouldn't do or are you going to make the smart choice? Yeah. And I, and I, what I want is consistency and philosophy against, in that case, I just went with my gut. And, and O'Connell has very much said at times this year, I went with my gut. That's a time not to do that. Also, the Vikings started that drive with six minutes, 12 seconds on the clock. And they just matriculated. I love that word. They inched their way forward with some runs to Dalvin. It was, yeah, it was like a four-minute offense with six minutes to go, and it was executed almost to perfection. Now, if they had just, if if Washington hadn't committed the penalty, they, they would have had two minutes left to do whatever they needed to do. So a penalty helped them go from like a six minute milk the whole thing to like a four minute and then give the ball back. But. Think about how many times we ripped the Mike Zimmer teams for, hey, Kirk did his job, and then the defense on the other side would give up a game-winning touchdown to Jared Goff or whatever it is. Well, one way to prevent that from happening is to just be masterful at how you work the clock and play the chess game. So many coaches put in hours and hours of film study and preparation. They don't go, they don't see their families. They don't sleep for six months. And it's like through all that work, they just ignore the chess match of game theory and clock management yeah. inside four minutes. You got to e- either have a guy that can tell you what to do like the Vikings do and or have a guy like Bill Belichick who inherently knows what to do himself. I think the Vikings might have a coach that knows what to do with a right-hand man kind of reassuring him in those moments. Which is exactly what you should have. And and so there is no question that the penalty helped a lot, but let's keep in mind, too, the Vikings then made the smart move there. And for anyone who says, well, that penalty was lucky, guess what? You had an official earlier in that game take out your safety, okay? So, like, officiating was very much a part, unfortunately, of this game. Uh, But just because the penalty was called doesn't mean that the Vikings were going to do the right thing. I am a firm believer through eight games, the majority of the time, this team has gotten breaks, there's no question about it, but it's what you do with them. So, like, you can screw it up. Mm-hmm. It's not like, well, once the penalty was called, the commanders were done. No, actually, they were done because the Vikings then made the correct choice. So I, I think that for all we, we talk about, and there have definitely been some fortunate bounces and breaks, the Vikings are capitalizing. And and, and when this is why it frustrated me last year when people would say, well, if you look, let's look at all the Vikings' close losses in 2021, and if you go back and turn this game this way and this game... But you didn't create your own breaks, and you lost those games. This year, I give you credit. You're winning games. I don't. 
Just because things go your way does not mean you're destined to win. You then have to capitalize. I'll step in here because that dovetails right off Phil's point. My statement is I want to play for Kevin O'Connell. I, I want to be a guy with the jersey and in that locker room, I guess, for Kevin O'Connell, dude. Just watching the post-game speech, and yes, I know he handed out like nine game balls and apparently is fined for each one that he, or, uh, or it comes out of his paycheck, I should He's say. He's poor now. Um, because he just gives out a bunch of game balls. Classic generation. Everyone's soft. Everyone gets a medal and gets a game ball. Um, <laughs> Participation trophy. Now, though, DJ Wan, I'm getting a game ball. Side note, the, it was the adults who made that decision for my youth. That wasn't the youths making the decision for the adults. I'm just, I, 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 that's another can Yeah, that's your generation's yeah. fault. Yeah. 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 These Yours, kids are entitled. Yeah, because oh, your generation gave us. You gave me stuff. You gave oh, me we, stuff. Oh, we suck as parents. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let, let, let me be very these clear to kids dump. these days. Yeah. I mean, you know why? you're the one that bought me five we, video game yeah, consoles. Yeah. <laughs> we were raised by the most part for tougher people and, and or by, by them. So we've decided, oh, we're just going to coddle our kids and we're going to be their best friend. Uh, as parents, I could go on and on. I have no kids, of course, but I could go on and on <laughs> about how how flawed. Like, if yes. you go and watch the film, De- Declan, you are getting zero debate from me on this. Yeah, You're right. Not at all. But I think with just the buy-in factor here, the fact they're 7-1, and one, they, they have their quarterback dancing basically on the airplane. Um, they, they just they, It's just a fun group. Zadarius Smith has come in, too, not just on the field, who's been a beast generating pressures and getting after the quarterback, but also setting a tone there that I think was missed. Um, without Everson Griffin from the last season and a half or so, it just seems like this team in general is fun to play for and fun to and fun to watch. Obviously, as Vikings fans, but all the guys in there are playing for a head coach that is setting a tone and a culture. The organization made the call of, "Hey, we're not going to strip this down. We're going to keep the quarterback. We're going to keep the main chunks of this car intact with just uh, maybe a little different synthetic oil instead of running regular oil. We're going to do a little different thing here and there in the car." And it's paid yeah. off for the Vikings. It is. Uh, it, it, they obviously spotted something in those conversations. And now you can see, because remember at the time, it was like, boy, the finalists appear to be Jim Harbaugh, established track record, and a guy that has, maybe it's a short shelf life thing, but the, a guy that has been to Super Bowl and whatever. And Kevin O'Connell, who's never done this before, pretty young. He was a coordinator, but it was under Sean McVay. And so how responsible was he for the actual molding of the clay? And boy, it would have been fun to go back to January and just be a fly on the wall yeah. in like the 10 hour meetings with KOC because for him to have very little actual like he had the resume of any other coordinator that has popped up and gotten hired where you go, you go to a Super Bowl or whatever and you're the next guy. Um, but it's now obvious what they saw in January to say, you know what, let's run this thing back mostly and see what he can do with Kirk and see what he can do with this offense. So and they haven't even peaked. That's the other no, thing. Like we had, we still have still a grind every week, it feels like. It's disappearing at times. Yes. Belief, man. Belief. Okay. My my next statement, fire up Ode to Joy, please, or get prepared to fire uh, it up because I'm yeah. going to make this statement. Sunday's win in Washington was the most impressive of the season by your Minnesota Vikings. Get the flag. Okay, seven wins. Seven wins, all of the, or most of them very close, not really comfortable wins, capitalizing on opportunities. Kirk now uh, a four, four fourth quarter game winning drives. But if you look at the adversity, the deficit, the style of game that the Vikings faced and played on Sunday, that is the type of win where I say, wow, that's impressive. One, it didn't come at, at home. And I'm not taking away a lot of points if it does. Uh, but hostile environment, Kirk being mocked by fans. You like that? We like that, that you're trailing. Uh, down by double digits early in the fourth quarter. Um, an official who submarines you to cause a touchdown, because there's no question that is not a touchdown if Bynum doesn't get taken out by the back judge there. Like, if you go through all of those things and think that this team hung in there, hung around, 
against a team that has a good defense. Like, I mean, they as, as we talked about on PD, there is a lot of pressure there. So I'm not saying that the commanders are great, but they certainly are a formidable opponent, especially in their own stadium. And you come back and win that game from a coaching standpoint, from a quarterback standpoint, from uh, a defensive standpoint. If you look at how that win went and the ingredients to get that win, I'm telling you right now of the seven wins, this to me was the most impressive. Yeah, it's I, I that was my hottest take is from a Kirk standpoint that he's played seventy three games as a Viking in four and a half years, including the two playoff games. This was my favorite. This was my favorite because it's. Yep. I don't. Well, what about the games where he threw, threw for three hundred twenty five yards? I don't. We know what peak Kirk looks like when conditions are perfect and clean. He's one of the best pure passers in the NFL. But the reality is, and this is the this is the butting of heads, I think, among a lot of Vikings fans over the years, is you need to create perfect conditions so that Kirk can play that way all the time. It's like, well, the average team is giving up 30%, 35% pressure rate. Pressure exists in the NFL. You're, you're not going to be able to just sit back there behind a brick wall for three hours and throw darts all over the field. There's going to be games like yesterday on the road against a really good pass rush where they're getting after you. I believe PFF had it as a 46% pressure rate on 46% of passes. Cousins was pressured yesterday. And yeah. and I think so many fans throughout the years, well, I mean, what's he supposed to do? Blame the offensive line. Yeah, yes. Blame the offensive line. They need to be better. But that doesn't just end the game. Oh, well, what are they supposed to Oh, there's safety help over the top. What are you supposed to do? Oh, the defense is getting pressure. You know what? Win the game anyways. Rise above it. That's what great quarterbacks do. It's what great teams do. They just find a way anyways to work their way through the mud and and pull out a victory. And that's what I loved about it. If you look at his box score, you're like, ah, oh, okay. It's going to look like kind of, a, kind of a grind for old Kirky boy. Yeah, and it was. And he still stuck in there and, you know, took a shot to the ribs, got knocked out of the game and threw a drop in the bucket to Justin Jefferson, comes yes. back, finds TJ Hawkinson a bunch of times on the final drive. Like, Everything about it was perfectly imperfect for Kirk yes. and the team yesterday. Yes, it, it was almost what I would describe as the anti-Cousins type of win as a Viking. Because ordinarily, it's, yeah, it threw it's, the, pretty, it's the pretty win. Yep. Yeah, this year has been... The, this year has been the first time that I don't feel like it is the Minnesota Cousinses. And by that, I mean, previously, it's always been, what did Kirk do? What were Kirk's stats? Okay, his stats were good, but they lost. This You don't get a guy on an airplane doing a jig like Kirk did with those chains on if you threw for 400 yards and lost the game, right? You get that. You get what, what the YouTube audience is looking at here if you maybe don't have a great game statistically but you win the game love it herm edwards said love it. you play to win the game um all right this next statement is presented by our friends who create the purple positivity candle spiral mm. light judd you got any purple mm. positivity uh candles available oh we we do and guess what they are flying off the shelf you know why because purple positivity is a real thing it's no coincidence that the first year the first season which is 2022 of the purple positivity candle has also been the year when purple positivity reigns and if you want to join join the growing family of people who are able to burn a purple positivity candle from our friends at Spiralite? It's this easy. Spiralightcandles.com. Spiralightcandles.com. Also, a great gift for the holidays, a great gift for birthdays. There are a wide variety of really cool with a great aroma candles, and you can find them all. Spiralightcandles.com. Spiralightcandles.com is the place to find them. Enjoy the purple positivity candle against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. Uh, the Vikings actually could have used a little more frontline protection and oh, yeah. Washington, quite frankly, yesterday. <laughs> uh, Federated Insurance is all about risk management. They're all about providing a guiding hand to help you navigate your business through ups and downs and different things that happen, whether it's a recession or whether it's a booming period of the economy. Federated has seen it all over 100-plus years and they are here based in Owatonna, Minnesota, but they also work with uh, companies outside the state to provide that guiding hand. Federatedinsurance.com, uh, where it's our business to protect 
Yours. Okay. My next statement. The Vikings do not win that game without TJ Hawkinson, who barely knew the playbook. The guy showed up on like Wednesday, just happy to be on a six-win team instead of a one-win team. Now a two-win team and a seven-win team, thanks to the Lions beating the the Packers. (laughs) And he wound up catching nine passes, which is the second most receptions he's had in a game in his career. Straight off the plane from Detroit, Here's a playbook. Stay up all night and learn as much as you can. We'll just kind of tell you what to do in the huddle. Also, he played all but six snaps in this game. He missed three snaps on the opening drive. I think they were just trying to ease him in. Hey, we'll get you in there a few times. And I don't know if at the end of the first drive, he's like, I'm good. Just throw me out there. But a guy that came in, what, 72 hours before the game started. New system, new teammates, everything, new quarterback. And uh, he was out there all day and caught the second most passes of his career. He caught 10 passes in a home game against Philadelphia, mostly in garbage time on Halloween last year, a 44-6 to loss. <laughs> um, Lions got smoked by Philadelphia. So what a performance. And it's only upside as a 25-year-old who's going to only learn more about the playbook and how to be effective. I think he's going to be effective in the red zone. So they don't win that game without TJ Hawkinson. I think you're exactly right. And and plus, he caught three passes on the final drive. Yeah, he was huge on so, the final drive. Yep. So, like, I, yes, I, I think, I do not think in th- this case that your statement is hyperbole. I really believe mm-hmm. that they don't win that game. Well, who else catches this, those nine passes? Like. Exactly. Exactly. Or, you know, those last three. And he is an ideal Kirk target. He is the absolute quintessential type of bailout guy. But to go back to what we talked about, he can get you some yak. And the, mo- the most frustrating thing about Rudolph, not at the end here, but towards it, was Kirk would throw him, him the ball, but he would immediately be tackled, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like there's no yak here, Kyle. We need yak from you because Kirk's not throwing the ball deep enough. Um, Hawkinson's the opposite. So, yeah, and congratulations, Vikings, Quazy. Make a deadline trade like this to me also empowers the team a ton because it shows that you believe mm-hmm. that they are probably – a better team than you thought, and that, to me, is a great message to send. Before we get to the next statement, we're going to make Judd play another game here. It's called, Which NFL Coach Do You Think Just Got Canned? Someone just got fired, Judd. Someone just got canned. A head coach. I'm not looking. I'm not looking at anything right now. Who got their ass canned this morning? I'll give you two guesses, Uh, because I think you're going to get it wrong. (laughs) Okay, um... I'm going to say that it's not Hackett. I'm going to say that it is, you know what my first guess is? Josh McDaniels. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Well, I mean, they lost again. They are a dumpster fire. He is all, he was, I believe, when they they got drilled a week ago, he was uh, sat down immediately after the game by Mark Davis, who owns that team. Okay, so it's not Josh McDaniels. Mm -hmm. Um Hold on. And it's not Cliff oh. Kingsbury. You're in the right conference. Cliff Kingsbury how, might get fired today, too, though. Yeah. How how surprising? Give, um, give me a scale of surprise here. Pretty, I mean. <laughs> Ten being the most surprised, one being the least. I would say six and a half, seven. Yeah, it's over a five. Yeah, over a five. I, I wasn't waking up this morning thinking, if but you would have said, hey, who might get fired today? I would have said. Well, Josh McDaniels, maybe uh, Cliff Kingsbury. This name would not have popped into my head, but it's so like, I'm okay. in the right. Con- so Wait. I'm in the right conference with Josh McDaniels. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, Frank Reich. There it is. Frank Reich. He gone. The Colts are three and five, three straight losses. However, they're only two games out of the division. With the Titans yeah. losing again last night. Do you know I? Do you know who I? I think cost that man his job. He's not on the roster right now. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. Yeah. He because he convinced them. You get me Carson Wentz, and they gave up. If I'm not mistaken, a first round pick. Yeah. yeah. You get me Carson Wentz. I'll and make so it all I happen. Know, he stinks. Yeah. No, I know you hate him, Declan. Yeah, I don't like him. He's not a good quarterback. I mean, you're, he's just sitting on the sidelines yesterday too, just yeah. like chewing seeds with his little headset yeah. on. Just he's a he's a coach killer. He's a coach killer. He's the reason why right the Commanders lost that game yesterday, yeah. too. I know he was in the yeah. headset. Yep. I don't know what he Talk was saying. Him. Talking to Heineke. Saying some stupid-ish. Ron Rivera gone now because of that. Coach killer, man. <laughs> um, man, I think Phil and I are clearly just on the same page with our statements. I'll say there's a new state of Hawk. It's not the state of hockey anymore. There is a state of Hawk. 
PJ Hawkinson. Get the flag, Judd. Get the flag. Someone's got to tell me what's going to happen. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Well, I'm going to switch to my left arm. My yeah, yeah. Arm. Left arm's good. It's important to switch arms. Okay. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Uh, Yes, I think TJ Hawkinson is a a great addition to this Vikings offense. It helps give Kirk another great safety blanket, but a safety blanket that is an explosive playmaker who can get a lot of yak. It's not just Tyler Conklin, right? Like, it's not just, hey, I'll get you six, I'll fall down, I'm good. Um, It's not old Kyle Rudolph. You acquired a prime tight end who you have under a pretty team-friendly deal, even going into the next year of his fifth-year option. Gives this Vikings offense a little bit more space. And if K.J. Osborne isn't going to really take this next step, if Adam Thielen's coming down to earth a little bit, you needed someone else to get the pressure off of Justin Jefferson. And it's now the state of Hawk. T.J. Hawkinson. Go get your T-shirts, too, by the way. They're at the Scorenorth shop, scorenorth.com slash shop. Shameless self-plug. Get your State of Hawk shirts now and embrace this. There's a new slogan. It's the State of Hawk. He's tracking this season for about, and this is including the Lions stats, but uh, 75 catches for about 975 yards and, I don't know, six or seven touchdowns. It's pretty damn good. If you had basically a 1,000-yard tight end sitting on this team who catches 75 passes, yeah, yep. I, think we'll, I think we'll sign up for that. Right, but we still Jeff. love Irv. That's what we're telling people. We still love Irv. <laughs> no, Irv's gone. <laughs> Sorry, Irv. Can't make the club in a tub. My next statement is about a guy that came into the game when Cam Dantzler got hurt and played magnificently. A Caleb Evans mm-hmm. now needs playing time. Um, a Caleb Evans checked into that game, and at first you're like, okay, Booth's not in. Evans, who I believe was a, a fourth-round pick, and this is, by the way, why you can't judge drafts immediately. Like, eight games and no one's flying. Okay, calm down. Yeah. Um, but he made, and I, I think this was referred to uh, from um, a person that was at first round who came on vent line, and it's, it's perfect. He made a tackle on one play for, I think, a loss that looked like vintage Antoine Winfield. His tackling technique and form is outstanding. Uh, there was nothing I saw from that, that kid to say, you know what, he's got to be back on the bench. Now, I don't know if he can play inside, but the way that he plays, he looks like he has the attributes, potentially, of of the slot corner. And this guy hasn't been terrible, but I'm not in love with uh, Shannon Sullivan. So I just wonder if there's a way, once Dantzler is back, because he does not deserve to be benched, uh, but once he comes back from his ankle uh, problem that he suffered yesterday, if there is a way to find playing time for a Caleb, because I thought that that kid showed a lot uh, and it didn't look too big. And he looked very comfortable doing things that I believe are difficult tackling for him. I mean, we, we've seen this from corners. We've seen it where it's really bad. This guy contributed to the point where I think you need to find him some playing time. I love it. Yeah, these are these are good problems to have. I think we thought maybe maybe Patrick Peterson will age out and you just kind of transition him to a part-time role. He's having a resurgent season. Yep. It just looks like they've got especially once everyone starts to come back healthy going into next year too. They have they just have some depth in the secondary. And and now we're kind of yeah. seeing like, all right, to what extent are Harrison Smith and Patrick Peterson going to age out at some point? I mean, this year they they're they're holding their own. So uh, I definitely have one more for now. We got to get to Packer vent line at some point. But uh, my next statement is: the Vikings have the best pass rushing tandem mm. in the NFL statistically. So it's not even an opinion here, folks. This is a fact, according to Pro Football Focus. Zadarius Smith leads the NFL with forty-six misses edge rushers. So pa- I'm going to say pass rushing edge rusher uh, tandems. Darius Smith has 46 pressures this season. That leads the NFL. Don't look now, but tied for 11th and coming down the backstretch is now Daniil Hunter. Yeah. The only other pairing that has... So there is a pairing, Matthew uh, Judon for the Patriots and uh, Dietrich Wise Jr., they have combined for one fewer pressure than Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter. But statistically... With 79 combined pressures this season, Smith and Hunter are the best pass-rushing edge-rusher tandem. And and Daniil Hunter is just joining the party here in the last yeah. few weeks. Three sacks now. Mm-hmm. So to 
piggyback off that too. We have not discussed this, but I think that we d- we should be giving our guy Ed Donishell some credit here. Because up until that Dolphins game, this team was not getting sufficient pressure almost ever. Like Zadarius was getting home at times and they got some, but they weren't blitzing and I think rightfully so we're roundly criticized for you've got Daniil Hunter and Smith, and this is all the pressure. Starting with that Dolphins game, since then, this team has made, I don't know if it's alterations or tweaks or what, but just look at those first, what, four games or so, um, juxtaposed against what we have seen the last four games. And it has been a big change. Yeah. Like the pressure now looks like it should look. And all, all I can say about it is previously before that, it didn't. It was like, what are you guys doing? Like, why would you not get more pressure? Somebody somewhere either got to Donichel or he watched enough films. He to might say, be capable okay. at this point in his life of just coming to his own conclusions, too. That's what I'm saying. So Donichel might have said to himself, you know what? I'm not doing a good enough job. But anyway, mm-hmm. the point being is that change to me has been absolutely huge because without it, I do not think that they are undefeated in these last I think it's four games. Well, and even if it's been a little bend but don't break and it doesn't always look pretty, the Vikings have the 12th best scoring defense in the NFL right now. That's a big jump yep. up from where they were last year, if I'm not mistaken. So, 12th do you know what best. else seems do you, do you know what else seems like it's been altered or changed or guys if nothing else have just picked up their games? The linebackers who look like they were getting done over the middle on short passes. Yeah. Um I think Kendricks and Hicks play Looks to me, again, eye test, not PFF test, it looks to me like it has really picked up, and I thought Hicks on Sunday was really damn good again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll do the PFF test tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It'll be, it's, it's one of the, the segments that people love the most is Judd guessing the PFF grades to see if his grizzled eye test, a guy who's watched football Grizzle. week after week for decades, These if his eye are. test can match what the PFF scouts have yep. dug through the film. And if they and don't, why is PFF wrong? Exactly. And like PFF what's going needs on to check PFF. themselves. Chris yep. Collinsworth. Now this guy. <laughs> now here's a guy. <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, okay. Well, uh, the Vikings winning. The Vikings winning wasn't the the only great thing that happened yesterday. We had devastation on the other side of the border when the Packers. Oh. Packers have a tough schedule remaining, but I don't think people included the Lions as part of the tough Packers schedule. <laughs> And so uh, when the Packers lose, we like to laugh at them and their sad, delusional callers. Courtesy of our friends on 620 WTMJ, this is Packer Ventline. Go, Pack, go! I've been spoiled for the years, man. I don't even know how to accept this or come to terms with it. But uh, I think, and I've said this over and over again, the problem we have is that we don't have a legitimate owner and heads are not going to roll tomorrow. Um, as long as you, uh, I think this team is about revenue and filling the seat, and we have that stability because we have a season ticket list that's uh, for people waiting that longer than you know people probably. Out, uh, hold on, hold on. Here. It's not uh, why they're not going to do anything. If they don't do anything, it's because they've had success. The they've won thirty nine yeah, games the last three that... years. Nobody had ever done yeah, that before in the history of the NFL. You have a bad year after that, and you don't do something. It isn't because you got a bad owner or need an owner. <laughs> wow! Whoa! That was super confrontational from a yeah. guy trying just to make a point. Yeah. Go, Pat! Go! That was very triggering. By the way, it is not correct to say that the Packers don't have an owner. They actually have 537,460 owners as of 2022. Including one upstairs. Our guy, Bernie, our guy Bernie, Bernie Lauer. Yeah, yep. Sorry, Bernie. Yeah. He's got the certificate on his wall. So it says no one is allowed to hold more than 200,000 shares, which represents approximately 4% of the 5 million shares currently outstanding. So I guess you can you can be a stockholder and and own more than like other stockholders, but you can't have more than 4% control of, of the Packers, I guess. If you're a 4% owner of the Packers, cause you've bought all those certificates over the years, don't you get any sort of say beyond like a bagel party where they update you on what the roster is going to be? I think you'd have to get appointed to the board because the board runs the team. So, and, and that's like that guy's point the, the caller's point is not a bad one. Because if you get the wrong president 
right? So if, if the wrong guy is in, in charge and tries to hold power, you don't have a person above him who can simply come downstairs and say, like, it ain't working. So that that host got incredibly defensive about a point that is not a terrible point. Yeah. Mark Murphy has been the the president yeah. in power for 15 Murphy, years for the Packers. He is. I He thinks he knows. He he played at Northwestern. He, I think he played in the National Football League, and he thinks he knows football, and I don't think he knows as much as he thinks. He did. He played. He was a Super Bowl champion in uh, Super Bowls, Roman numerals here, 17. He was a first-team All-Pro in 1983, Pro Bowler, and he was the NFL interception leader in 1983. He's one of the really? 70 greatest Washington Redskins of all time. I think you're disrespecting the acumen of Mark Murphy, president and CEO of the Packers. Well, you know what? Allow him to continue to run this thing right into the ground. Uh, let's hear from more sad and depressed Packers fans. Go, Pack, go! Paul is out of his mind. Rodgers is a back-to-back MVP. He's His thumb is hurt. He has no one to throw to. Um, so that's number one. He's out of his mind. Yes, Paul is correct that the season is garbage. Okay, I'll give him that for once. And how many years has he been calling in and he's been wrong? Okay, so and number two, number two is is the Waller deal. Who wanted a three-year, $51 million guy that couldn't stand the field, that's overrated, and they are going after him instead of Hawkinson, who had nine catches today from the Minnesota Vikings. He stepped right in there and did what we needed. That's right. Uh-oh. Go, Pack, go! Little, pack, go. little Packer yeah. envy. Yeah. Little, little yeah. Packer. Oh, yeah. you want to oh, yeah. wave the yeah. flag now? Okay, yeah. we can make yeah. that happen. <laughs> yeah, I got that now. Look at that. Where did T.J. Hawkinson go? That's right. That's glorious. Oh, man. Usually the Packers make fun of the moves the Vikings make because they're taking pa- – I can't tell you. Let me go on a rant here real quick. <laughs> we'll get to All more right. Packer vent line. I can't tell you how many Packer fans, when Zadarius Smith signed with the Vikings, and I made some comments about how, wow, like th- not that long ago, this dude was the best pressure edge rusher in the NFL, like 2019. And the, the Packers lost him and Devontae Adams – and they've got some offensive line issues. I was kind of listing the reasons why the Vikings could take a step forward and why the Packers could take a step backward. And Zadarius Smith going from Packers to Vikings was how many Packer fans, arrogant Packer fans, were like, okay, guy, we won 13 games last year, and Zadarius Smith was in the cold tub all season, okay? He's cooked. He's a cancer behind the scenes, complaining about his contract situation. Good luck with him. Uh, haven't seen any of those people on the timeline mm. in the last eight or nine weeks or so. Mm. Really? We don't need Zadarius Smith. And you don't? Really? Eight and a half sacks, really. I mean, it's not that much. He's just, you know, leading the NFL in pressures. Didn't, didn't, couldn't have used that against uh, Detroit yesterday or all these other teams you've, you've lost to. Anyways, let's go back to the headlines here. Aaron Rodgers is off. He bounced one off the helmet. He, he missed wide open Bakhtiari in the end zone. That was well short. The, 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 the touchdown pass that should have been a touchdown pass that was defended because it was a short toss was all Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I, I've been trying to call in for four weeks to say, hey, this guy is the problem. And I'll tell you, Matt LaFleur, he needs to fire some fire in this team. There's no passion behind him. Go, Pat, go! Do you think Rodgers is cooked? Or do you think he's just sick of his situation? I think it's a combination of both. I mean, the the problem with Brady is this. The man, and and I I know he has slowed down now. He's 45 years old, right? He looked pretty happy yesterday. Yeah, and the issue with Tom is that he has created this perception that because you're a great quarterback, you can go on forever. Um, 38 for most folks is not young. And the reality is Rogers looks to me like he's probably hurt. That's probably right. Um, he is certainly declining and he's miserable. So like, if you put that together in, in a stew, 
It's not going to lead to being good. And look, when you lose like the Packers have lost, and and when things seem to be going like they, they are, it's very much to a certain degree, probably like the Vikings the last two years. It's not fun. Nothing's fun. I mean, that team looks like it's miserable. But he's he's part of the reason and, why it's not fun. Yes. So he would, if, if he wants to keep playing, I don't know that it could happen in Green Bay at this point, but I don't know how they contractually... They're screwed. Because he's, he's on the hook for so much cat, dead cap. They're dead. It's so a, he's going to have to retire, now. I guess. I I don't know. It's it's hilarious, is what it is. <laughs> uh, Twenty what? Thirty years of Hall of Fame quarterbacks and dominance. Only right. two Super Bowls. Well, we have more Super Bowls than you guys. Okay, well, uh, okay. The Gopher football team has what eight national championships to your none. You're gonna go. We're gonna count Super Bowls from the '60s. I love these people that were born in the '80s and '90s, being like, "We have these Super Bowls from the '60s." Like, guy, you were your parents were barely even born when those happened. So, calm down. And you've got two, then, right? Like, I, I'll give give you credit for the the uh, Super for Bowl sure. win over the Patriots, yep. and then the one against the Steelers. The other the other thing too is in I was trying to recall this. So, in 2005, when the Vikings and Packers were both bad, and both coaches were fired after that season, um. And Rodgers was with the Packers, but we had no idea what to expect. And, of course, he wouldn't start for, I think, three more years after that. Did we Did we at that time feel like or talk about the potential decline because the team was bad? Favre, at that point, in our mind, was a- aging. I'm trying to remember because, you know, in 2008, when, when Rodgers got the job, it wasn't exactly embraced in Green Bay, just mm-hmm. the opposite. And they weren't, they still weren't that good. So I'm trying to remember when we were like, oh, my God, they just did it again, basically, and it's going to be 30 continuous years. Well, 09 is when – so 08 was like a six-win season in Rodgers' rookie year. Right. And they were kind right. of – well, they did pop up in 07 with Favre. They went 13-3. and three. They went to the NFC That's Championship right. game. And, and so it was like, oh, my God. So apparently Brett Favre's back. Um, and then they, But then they drafted Aaron Rodgers. So I th- – actually, I'm sorry. They drafted Rodgers two years before uh, the, the yes. 2007 season. Uh, but but if I remember right, Rodgers came into a couple games and looked pretty good, just like in blowouts or whatever. And there was there a was Dallas some, game. Favre got hurt. You're right. Yep. And there was a thought that, oh, okay, maybe this guy can play. But then 08 came around, and the Vikings had a pass rush, and Jared Allen was getting after Rodgers, and they, you know, Rodgers wasn't Rodgers yet. But 09 is when he became Rodgers. And then I think they won the Super Bowl like a year or two later in his second or third year, or like third or fourth year as a starter. Yep. And then you kind of knew, oh, apparently we're in for it for another 15 years or 10 or 15 years. So unless they pull a rabbit out of their hat here with third-year Jordan Love, because you're going you're gonna to see that dude play in some games. You have to play him at some point this year just to see, right? You're not going anywhere. They're so dysfunctional, I have no idea. Yes, you are. <laughs> I would think that, that you're right. But, you know, unless Aaron has heard bad enough not to play, He's a prideful, weird dude. I don't know that he would sit down. It's a very, it it looks as disjointed and dysfunctional as it could possibly yeah. be. I think. Let's do another round of Viking statements here before we. Always, I'll give you this one. Okay, this is for people that watch the games on TV largely. The Vikings deserve to graduate from Chris Myers' purgatory. <laughs> and I hate going at fellow broadcasters in the media, but. He, I, I don't know of all the talented people that come through pipelines. Like he is just uh, he's something else. I'll just say that. I think he's always kind of confused about what's happening. He doesn't fully know when to rev it up and get excited. I think there's been a couple moments in his career where he's gotten caught saying the wrong thing or getting excited about something that didn't happen, and it winds up going viral. But it's it's like the the bottom. Of the Fox broadcast crews, and I would think at this point the Vikings have graduated. Let's yep. get some, let's get some of the top broadcast crews on these Vikings games, and more cameras and things like that. They're seven and one at this point. They graduated from Chris Myers. Can we get like Adam Amin? You know, like can we, can we get can we get someone a little little step up? I like, him. I like Adam Amin. Like, why can't we no. just get Adam Amin? I like him. We should get we should be getting more A plus type of broadcasters. I'm just saying. No, I'm with you. Don't, no, don't need to bury him or anything. Just we've had enough no, enough Chris Myers games. <laughs> don't need to bury don't him. Don't need to fully just take him off Vikings games. <laughs> Never let him do a Vikings game it's, again. No, just enough. That's enough. I think that's burying him. I think you buried him. That's okay. Too. He's done enough Vikings games. That's all. That's Be my careful. statement. 
because he he might block you on Twitter if you're not nice to him. Oh, this gosh, is true. What, what will I do? Not not that. A left a left handed toast. <laughs> left handed toast. Um, Judd's next statement is presented by our friends over at Underdog. That's right. The best and easiest way to play fantasy sports, Underdog Fantasy. Uh, yeah, there's some great slips you saw from listeners winning some big parlays over the over the weekend. You know, sometimes also, I saw this for my Monday night game against the Saints, you get payout boosters. So if you had a Andy Dalton at 266 total yards, you take the over the under, all your payout boosters go up a little bit more. So you can parlay that into a little action on Underdog Fantasy. Join Underdog Fantasy with promo code SCORE. It's S-K-O-R. It helps us out here at Score North 2 and... They'll double your first deposit up to 100 bucks to an underdog fantasy and the underdog fantasy app. Okay, Judd, go ahead. Okay. Um, the National Football League, starting today, has to take a look. My statement is this. Has to examine where the back judge is. <laughs> After the incident with Steve Patrick, and I know it didn't, it, it cost the Vikings a touchdown. It could have cost them the game. Fortunately, for their sake, it did not. Um, but when an official is that much involved in a play where he ends up picking a safety who is about to, it look like, pick off a Hail Mary pass into what amounted to triple coverage, okay? And instead, the Washington receiver makes a nice catch, but nonetheless, it was a catch only enabled by the back judges, Steve Patrick's uh, misplaced timing in freaking out and colliding with Cam Bynum. I think that is cause for an examination of where officials are, and especially in this case, the back judge, um, because God forbid that that were to take place in a key playoff game or a Super Bowl. No. Uh, and, and I mean, maybe the guy has to be fired. I don't know. He might just be an incompetent doofus. But if the reality is that there's any chance that that can happen again, you've got to at least take this as a cautionary tale. The NFL, the statement is this, the NFL needs to examine where the back judge is to make damn sure because that should never happen. It was That's not interfering man. a little bit with the play. No, he spirited. made the play for Taylor Heineke. We needed like Jim Ross on commentary. Yeah. By, God, By God, that's a dial By judge. By God, it's the judge. It's, it's, it's the judge. It's like the when, in these storylines where the referee turns on a wrestler mm-hmm. or something, oh, he's got a chair. Oh God. Yeah. He's got a nightstick. He's yeah. got brass knuckles. He took out Cam Bynum. I got Bynum said I was <laughs> mad, but then he apologized and I just moved on. Okay. So, oh, it's so, week, sorry what, about nine? that. Yep. Touchdown, 50-yard yeah, touchdown. Okay. I just, I literally hit you. I picked you out of a play. You got to fix that, man. <laughs> that's not a, that's not a small mistake. That is a major mistake. <laughs> The apology is so tough too, because yeah, you probably do feel terrible if you're that ref. But what do you what do you do? What are you supposed to do? You know what he was doing? Underdog. <laughs> he had something. He had Taylor Heineke. Yeah. He had Taylor Heineke no. in the touchdown total, right? Yeah. He 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 probably uh, had Curtis Samuel over forty nine and a half receiving yards, and I and took the like, under. And he and he's like, my man's not doing his oh, thing. Oh gosh, <laughs> working against me. Oh my god! The officials got a chair. The officials got a chair. He took out Cam oh, Amazing. This is the NFL. <laughs> uh, all right, back to uh, to Declan here for a statement. Uh, my statement is is g- please, honestly, just give me Josh Allen. So he's hurt. He his elbow's hurting a little bit. He even like said, I when when your quarterback plays like bleep, uh, you're probably not gonna not gonna win a many games. So obviously, saying to himself that his injury and his play overall yesterday was was so poor that's why the Bills lost. So he is battling a little arm injury. I know the quarterback behind him is none other than Case Keenum. And it would be awfully fun to play Case Keenum and the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. But you know what? Oh, wow. I want the validation. Me too. I want to go in there and play the Super Bowl favorites. And as I said on Purple Daily, I want him to kick their ass. So I want Josh Allen. And if that means Josh Allen is only at 85-90%, give me it. I want I want to play the best quarterback. I'm not trying to play backups. I don't want, oh, God, I don't want to play the classic Minnesota sportsness right there, okay? Give me the MVP. I want to beat him in his house. Give me Josh Allen. I'm with you. I think a Case Keenum, if Case Keenum did have to start, it would just be, I don't know, just kind of a cheapened version of, of this game. I'd rather have like a 75% or 60% Josh Allen just to see. But it is kind of unfortunate that he there's like a built-in yeah. – Asterisk here if his if it's his elbow right yeah but it was his elbow oh 
to be clear, Declan, you did not say you think. You said your hot take was they will beat. The oh yeah, they will. They will. Okay, I just I did want to be clear. It was a hot yep. take. It was nope. very. Nope. It was scolding. So now I don't want. I think they're going. The to. I think is a kind of a qualifier. It, yeah, no, I, I think. I think can also be powerful. Yeah, but you did it without the I think earlier which, on Purple Daily. Which, so, yeah, you came in. You were at a hundred and one. You were at a hundred and one. Don't dial it back to ninety eight, baby. <laughs> no, no, I like that. Um, I'll give you one more on my end here. There are people, and we we had a bunch of these on Ventline that are just they still feel just kind of dirty about the win because uh, it's Washington and they are down by ten in the fourth quarter. And so my statement is, people incorrectly underestimated the difficulty of this game. And we went over some of the betting trends on Saturday's episode of Purple Daily, the Purple Picks episode. There was a huge movement of like the, the amount of money on the game for Washington was much higher than the bets placed on Washington, which means, and I even, I listened to a couple just like chalk talk podcasts over the weekend to hear like, what are they saying about the Washington Vikings game? And uh, the sharp side was to bet Washington in this game because of the pass rush, because of playing at home, uh, that the Vikings are actually profile more like a five or a four win team. And Washington is an actual four win team that this was supposed to be a much tougher game than maybe a lot of Vikings fans. Like, oh, the Vikings are 7-1, and one, and Washington's a garbage dumpster fire franchise. Yeah, but they have one of the top five pass rushes in the league. They have won four games already. It's a road game. Um, so people incorrectly underestimated the difficulty of this game, which makes the win even more impressive to me. Yes, and look at the scores of games, too. Like that That's the thing is there's a very, very, very fine line between a team like the Vikings and Commanders. It's not like this huge gap, right? Like, oh, my God, the Commanders are terrible. They're not really terrible at all. They, they lose close games. Now, to the Vikings' credit, they win them. My final statement is this. The statement is, there is so much more. Offensively, this team, and I know that there's been complaints, and it would be nice if they didn't disappear for periods of time. I get all that. But I have faith that there is a lot more to come. I don't know how much of it's going to come in 2000. 22. I think the identity of this team, God bless them for it, might be close games, offense can score, but then it, it's not as consistent. But it's not as if O'Connell doesn't know what he wants. Mm-hmm. Like, this is about the fact that Hawkinson stepped in and caught nine passes, what, approximately four days after being acquired, is a huge tell on, like, when he can get the components he wants. I'll say it again. I don't think all the personnel's here yet. Um, I think he is making do very wisely with what he he has. I think he's asking things of his quarterback that he knows his quarterback can do, but at times his quarterback doubts himself. So this isn't one of those, oh, they hired the wrong offensive coach. This is, I mean, Childress 2006 was open to being criticized because there were real questions there. Mm-hmm. And he said, I got to kick ass offense. Turned out that Brett Favre had to be the guy to unlock it because Brett Favre was a master at that. But O'Connell, I don't feel like it's like, oh, God, look at this offense. I think that there's a lot of things that, and again, this goes back to our conversation about Kirk, that aren't perfect. O'Connell accepts that, makes do with what he has. But this in no way is like, well, this is the product. The product is a work in progress, and I think that there's a case to be made that we won't see the real O'Connell product until sometime in 2023. Yeah, I mean that's kind of how it usually goes with new coaches. Is you don't you don't peak the first year usually. So Dex, you got one more statement for us? Uh, I have a, more like a weekend statement from from uh, from my time over the weekend. So my, my my statement is just guys being dudes. So <clears throat> I went down to Diamond Joe's Casino uh, across the border into Iowa over the weekend. My I have a friend from high school. He lives in Des Moines. He drove up from Des Moines. Me and three other boys from from here drove down to meet him and just spent the night. Did a little bunch of gambling, um, doing God knows what, but. There was a point in the in, in the in the action where we, like, we got there early, we got there like at around eleven a.m. Um, and we obviously started drinking fairly early, and we're, we're placing some bets on on college football games. But then around like four o'clock, we're like, hey, let's go up, set up to the room, let's like rest for a little bit, hang out before we maybe go back down and start gambling a little bit more. Now, I I think I always see the meme out that's like, what is my boyfriend always thinking about? Like when he's away with his guy friends, yeah. what are they talking about us? I kid you not. For 45 minutes in the hotel room, 
at a casino, us buzzed up a little bit. We spent 45 minutes trying to name state capitals. <laughs> what? That we, we weren't doing any other type of goofy thing that would normally come with hilarious alcoholic and gambling behavior. What? Oh, you're going to gamble? That's a terrible thing. It leads to addiction, dumb things. We spent 45 minutes trying to figure out the capital of New Hampshire. Okay. So, uh, who, did you? What's your level of knowledge of state capitals? So I was really good with them in elementary school. And there was some I, I I did get over over friends, um, but there's some I I completely just have no idea where I whip. I I feel like I used to know all of them like yeah. in school. Yeah. I might only know. It's a good thing we're running out of time here on the show here today. <laughs> uh, if you set the over under at fifteen and a half, yeah. I think you could get it. We should do this sometime. Yeah. I think I probably, I probably we don't have time was. today, unfortunately, yeah. kids. Sacramento. <laughs> yeah. That's California. That's one, right? Yeah. I know. St. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, which is the stupidest thing. You know what? They 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 should go, go through now and rezone them. Because why is Sacramento the capital of California? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Sacramento's Cowtown. Let's move it into a more <laughs> you populous to, move cool it to L.A.? Place. Just San yeah, Diego. Right, yeah. right, yeah. right by the Staples Dodger Center. Dodger Stadium. The only advantage that I had in grade school was I was the only kid in my class who knew time zones because of sports. Yeah, that's a good one. Eastern times, kids are kids get so confused. That's a great point. You could list pretty much any city in America, like like a top fifty city. It's actually time Time zone. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that. And I knew them all. Fourth grade. Kids would be like, Cleveland. I don't know about oh, this. Those games start at six o'clock Central Time, six ending seven o'clock Eastern, Eastern time. time. Pacific Mountain. All of There's them a few tricky down. ones though, like Nashville. You would think, oh, Eastern, right? <clears throat> no, no, nope. Central Time Zone. Yeah, so is Texas. Mm-hmm. Texas. Hey, I always forget about Texas. Texas makes no sense to me. Like it's well, a it's, huge it's state. right in the well, middle it, it, though. It, it, but are you saying that the whole state but, is? Yeah, I'm saying the whole state. Yeah, the yeah, parts cities. of Texas. Yes, I'm surprised it doesn't differ a, right. like towards the. Chat. But but anyway, yeah. Capitals count me out. <laughs> don't matter because they don't they don't relate to sports. And if it doesn't relate to sports, I really am not good at it. Well, there are some capitals that Aside relate music, to sports. That's true. I mean, it's Sacramento is an NBA city, kind of. Yeah, no, and that's why not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Cowtown. Amazing. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. There's your. Oh, can I give one more? Uh, okay. Since since we're late, um, and and the majority of folks are probably gone by now. Here's my statement. The Gopher football team, who I know Phil has tuned out, I'm going to leave. Doesn't actually. care now. Have a new quarterback. Who cares? All right? Who is it? Tanner Morgan got hurt again on Saturday. God bless him. He's a great kid. He's going to have a great life. Very successful. But Ethan Kayak Manis, I believe I pronounced <laughs> that right. Kayak Man, Ethan Kayak Manis. Not sounds Athen. great. He pronounced it Ethan. He is your is quarterback now. PJ, let him start. The rest of the season, I will be there on Saturday at the tailgate. I want to walk in and see the future quarterback of the Gophers. You do you, Judd. If you had told me, is this the Gopher quarterback or a lefty specialist out of the Padres bullpen? I don't know what I were going to lose. I don't know what they were going to lose. They were going to lose that game at halftime. They, they did. They did. And this kid came. But in let me ask you this: against Nebraska, and played pretty damn. Does it matter that they won? Um, Pinstripe no, bowl, baby. Really. Right? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't matter. But what I but I want to see PJ realize at times loyalty is a burden. Mm-hmm. He's been loyalty he's is been a burden. You've got to pivot. Yeah, he's been very loyal because I think Tanner Morgan is. I've never like right. spent a lot of time around him in person, but by all accounts, for people who have, is just a great guy, yes, and has leader. some great leadership qualities. Yep, but. As a quarterback, outside of that one year where he had Rashad Bateman just running down the field and on Eric play, Johnson. and Chris Ottman Bell is is out like that's a big deal. Like losing receivers when you're not an elite quarterback in college is is a big deal. But I can't get over the three straight losses in the fashion that those happened. The fact that you don't play Ohio State, you don't play Michigan, it's gonna it's a race to a three loss winner in the division, and you're and you've and by the way, the two teams that are like gonna be fighting over it are Purdue and. Purdue's schedule is pretty weak. Purdue and Illinois are probably going to emerge as oh. the two teams at the top. And you can't mathematically really win a tiebreaker because you lost to both of them. So they'd have to, both of those teams, I think Illinois would have to lose twice and Purdue would have to lose once and yeah. they have a weak schedule. No, and then you'd happening. have to win out. Mm. <laughs> so 
Yeah, but hey, congratulations P- on a new quarterback. I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. All I want to see is PJ pivot. I want to see PJ make changes because because you know what? If you eat difficult conversations for breakfast, then then not benching a quarterback who's basically done means that you lied about that. In fact, I, I'm going to say something here. I don't know that we've done this because we just kind of abandoned the Gophers, but I just want to apologize to the entire Mackie and Judd audience that I am misled after the first four games. Yeah. I'm sorry. I got really excited. It's my fault. If you felt misled by me and my excitement, I will own that. Mm-hmm. I am sorry. I have not watched a Gopher football game. I've seen some chunks here and there, just like following the scores, but I can't do it, man. What an absolute thing, disaster I watched the whole thing season. on Saturday, too. Old Dex tweets almost rolled the Gopher money line at halftime because they game plus. They were, they were obviously heavy. Fa- they were favorites going in. I shouldn't mm-hmm. say heavy. They were favorites going into the Nebraska game, but then, uh, and, then, and then Illinois screwed me over. I had a great three-leg parlay. That was the easiest one of the parlay to hit, and then they, they they didn't they couldn't beat Michigan State. That's too bad for you. Don't parlay. You know what? Do you I guys did? have any other Gopher football thoughts you want to get off your chest? I drank I drank a bunch of Surleys and had a grand old time. Started at our place, Park Tavern. Nice. That's where I started. Great. It's a great mm-hmm. bar, man. Great bar. It's a great it's bar. A very good bar. Good big TV. Might head there for lunch today. Go get a sandwich. Maybe get some tater tots. Perhaps I'll join you. Okay. Since Unchained has been backed up to the Oh, yeah, dude, you should. You should totally join. Since Royce has decided, <laughs> you, know what, you know what he sent me a note? Can we do it tomorrow? I'm waiting for the garage door guy to fix my garage. <laughs> okay. Amazing. Uh, all yeah, right. Yeah, well, man. that's a wrap on uh, this episode of Mackie and Jeb Purple Daily. You can find even more Vikings discussion. And then if you missed Vikings Vent Line from first round M All of America, the Surly Purple Daily watch party. It was a blast. So. All sorts of stuff for you to consume across Score North and Purple Daily YouTube channels and Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily podcast feeds. We will see you guys tomorrow.